Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Scripture today is Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. And again, Jesus began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. is indispensable to the life of the body. As long as your heart pumps blood, your body gets the oxygen it needs. The moment the heart stops, oxygen is cut off and you die in a matter of seconds. The heart is only about the size of your fist, weighing between 9 and 12 ounces, yet it pumps more than 100,000 times each day pushing approximately five quarts of blood through its chambers every 60 seconds. The circulation of blood transports chemical substances to and from the individual cells of the entire body, including oxygen, carbon dioxide, proteins, carbohydrates, and various hormones which control the metabolic processes of the body. 
In recent years, there has been a great deal of emphasis on heart disease. Over 600,000 people die every year in the United States from heart disease, which is the leading cause of death in men and women. The message we are hearing is crystal clear. Your heart is vitally important. Guard it carefully if you want to live. The Bible also places a great deal of importance on guarding our hearts. The word heart occurs 148 times in the New Testament, always referring to the inner life of a person, the seat of our intellectual and spiritual life. We think, feel, and understand, not simply with our cognition in the brain, but with our heart, the center of our personality. Proverbs chapter 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Jeremiah chapter 17 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. As we come to Mark chapter 4, we need to underscore the true nature and importance of the heart as the place where God reveals himself to us and we respond to him, for that is the key to understanding the parable of the sower and the soils. Let's look at these verses together. The parable of the sower is the first of a series of seven parables about the kingdom of God. Remember that Jesus' whole teaching ministry revolved around the concept of the kingdom of God. His first recorded words were, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ is King. He had come to earth to establish his kingdom, not a national political kingdom as most of the Jews of his day expected, but a kingdom composed of men and women, boys and girls, whose hearts were ruled by the lordship and leadership of Jesus. The message of this first kingdom parable is that our responsiveness to spiritual truth depends upon the condition of our hearts. Four types of soil representing four kinds of heart condition are mentioned. Let's look first at the callous heart. Verse 4. And it happened, as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. The fields in Palestine were in the form of long, narrow strips, divided by dirt roads used for common travel. After many months of use, these roads would become hard as rock by the feet of countless travelers. Then as the farmer would sow his seed, some of the seed would fall not on the field but onto the hard road beside the field where scavenger birds would swoop down and gobble it up. This seed never sunk below the surface of the road into the soil beneath where it might take root and grow. It is a picture of the person who hears God's truth with his ears, but somehow that truth never permeates into the heart where it can germinate and bear fruit. There are several factors which produce a callous heart. Familiarity 
produces callousness. Often truth fails to affect us, to move us because we are so familiar with it that familiarity breeds contempt. Oh, I've read that chapter of the Bible hundreds of times. Why should I read it again? I've heard dozens of sermons on that subject, and callousness begins to develop. Habitual sinning produces callousness. We may have all the areas of our life running smoothly, but if we persist in one single habit, the seed of the Word of God cannot take root in our hearts and we become more hardened and indifferent. Prejudice produces callousness. It blinds us to everything we don't want to see. An unteachable spirit produces callousness. An unteachable spirit can result either from pride that doesn't know it needs to know more, or from the fear of discovering a new idea or of finding a new direction in our relationship with God. A gradual accommodation to the world produces a callous heart. Some people are careful to avoid deliberate outward sin, yet deeply cherish the values of personal peace, security, and affluence in their hearts. This leads to becoming self-absorbed instead of God-absorbed. We begin to love the world and the things of the world rather than loving and serving God. Dear listener, could it be that your heart is callous towards God today? Is your heart callous through familiarity, habitual sinning, prejudice, an unteachable spirit, or accommodation to the world? We see, secondly, the superficial heart. Throughout most of Palestine, there was a thin layer of soil over a shelf of limestone rock. If we take a trip to Israel today and walk through the fields, we would see outcroppings of the underlying rock pushing past the shallow soil. My wife and I went to Israel last year and noticed this as we walked throughout the countryside. Seed falling on this shallow soil would quickly take root and sprout because the heat of the underlying limestone combined with the sun produces a hothouse effect, which actually accelerates growth. This is a picture of the impulsive and superficial hearer, a person who is all enthusiasm and feeling but lacks staying power. These are people who respond immediately with joy and excitement to God's prompting, but lack the depth to carry His commandments into long-term obedience. The well-meaning disciple in Matthew chapter 8 had a superficial heart. As Jesus was teaching by the Sea of Galilee, this sincere yet impulsive man pushed his way through the crowd to Jesus and cried out, Master, I will follow you wherever you go, not realizing that to follow Jesus Christ would cost him everything. The superficial Christian acts without thinking. He fails to count the cost of commitment to the Lord Jesus and therefore falls away when things get tough. He sincerely wants to hear the word of God, but his response never gets past the feeling level into obedience. 
Decisions are made quickly without reflection, and what is impulsively taken up is just as easily cast aside when a stronger feeling comes along. One commentator says the Christian life means self-denial and hard resistance to many fascinations. It means sweat and blood, or it means nothing. Fair-weather crews will desert when storms begin to blow. You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. What causes superficial hearts? We develop a superficial heart when once we begin to be satisfied, satisfied with ourselves and finding meaning in our achievements and things. To grow as a human being, we need to pray for a holy dissatisfaction, an ever-deepening hunger for God, to know Him, love Him, and walk with Him. Leonard Ravenhill was a godly preacher from Great Britain, 1907 to 1994. He taught and wrote on the history of revival in the church. He spoke these stirring words, Brethren, When we get humble enough, and low enough, and desperate enough, and hungry enough, and concerned enough, and passionate enough, and broken enough, and clean enough, and prayerful enough, then God will send us a revival that surpasses the Great Awakening. Do you hear what Ravenhill is saying to us? He's telling us we need holy dissatisfaction with the status quo. We need a deep hunger for God that only He can satisfy. 
Perhaps you are struggling with a superficial heart today. You love God and want to know Him, but lack the power to do so. Could it be because you are satisfied with your attainments? Ask God to make you hungry again, to help you build your life not on your feelings and enthusiasm, but upon the rock of obedience to Christ. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Then notice the crowded, over-involved heart. The farmer in Jesus' day was not always as careful as he might have been when it came to weeding his field. Often he would cut the top of the weeds with a sickle or even burn the field clear, but below the surface the roots of weeds were still there. When the seeds sprouted, the weeds quickly grew up and choked out the wheat. It's easy to pack our lives so full of interests and concerns that there is no time for God. Jesus refers to all these interests and concerns as thorns. He mentions three thorns in verse 18 and 19. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word and the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. First, there are the worries and concerns of this life. What if I lose my job? What if there is an international war? What if terrorism strikes my city? What if? All these possible changes make us fearful and anxious, replacing inner peace and stability. Then there is the thorn of the deceitfulness of riches. Notice that Jesus does not condemn wealth per se, but rather the false security wealth produces. Having wealth is a tremendous stewardship from the Lord. Money in the hands of a godly spiritual man can be used greatly for God's glory and the advance of his kingdom. But often money deceives us. We begin to chase what it can buy and it becomes an idol, a replacement for God in our lives. Then there is what Jesus calls the desire for other things or what we might call restlessness. There are many people who drift from one experience to another, from one job to another, from one relationship to another. They don't put down firm roots, but their whole life is a restless pursuit of other things as new desires push them in multiple directions. With so many competing concerns and interests, the one thing necessary is quickly smothered, choked out by all the weeds. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10? Now as they were traveling along, Jesus entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister named Mary who was listening to the Lord's word seated at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, 
You are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Is your heart crowded with too many competing interests and concerns? What thorns may be choking out the spiritual seed of God's word in your heart? Weeding is very hard work, but the long-range results mean that your life will bear fruit for God. Finally, observe the receptive heart in verse 20. And those are the ones on whom seeds were sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Notice the sequence, hear the word, accept the word, and bear fruit. The characteristics of a receptive heart and good soil are four. Openness to hear. Careful hearing. Understanding what you hear. Putting what we hear into action. Is your mind and heart open to receive the good seed of the word of God? Do you hear the word with care and intention? Do you study the word of God so that you will understand clearly what it says? Do you practice what you hear? Receptive hearts are people who receive God's truth into the bottom of their hearts, believe it implicitly, and obey it thoroughly. Remember that the key to the parable of the sower and the soils is the condition of our hearts. There is the callous heart, the superficial heart, the crowded over-involved heart, and the receptive heart. Which kind of heart soil do you have? Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, how we thank you for this parable from the Lord Jesus showing us the condition of our hearts. I pray that this day, each of us would develop a receptive heart to hear and do and obey the precious Word of God. Be with each person listening today, Lord, that their hearts may be open and receptive to the work of the Holy Spirit planting in them the good seed of the Word of God, which will bear fruit unto eternal life. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For of Him, and through Him, and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen.
been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener-supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint.